This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today I want to talk to you about fertilizer and why fertilizer applications might not be working. There is a direct relationship between fertilizer and the organic content in the soil. Let's talk about these and other things on today's Desert Horticulture. I've been wanting to talk about this relationship for quite a while because it's uh, not, uh, it's misapplied by a lot of homeowners about this relationship between the organics in the soil and the fertilizer and how much fertilizer to apply. I'm not going to talk about which fertilizer to apply or what's the better fertilizer, but really just fertilizers in general. Where I see this happening is uh, where people will either of two things. They'll add fertilizer to a soil and they don't see a response. And then when I talk to them and get them to add something that's organic to the soil, they see a response to it. And then the fertilizer responses are, are increased a lot. The other thing that I see oftentimes is people uh, just putting way too much organics in the soil. I think they're thinking that if a little bit is good, uh, that much more is better. But what we're going to talk about here shortly is the amount of organics that are important and the type of organics in the soil. So I think the more difficult part of this, and I think the part that you really have to understand when you're dealing with desert soils, is that they are very low typically in organics. Some desert soils are higher than others, and we don't see much of a response uh, by adding organics to it. Other desert soils are extremely low, especially the Mojave desert soils are usually very, very low on organics. And uh, so we'll see a response, both from the addition of fertilizers and the addition of organics. So I want to talk about the organics component of that soil first and uh, ways to look at it and ways to measure it and uh, whatnot uh, with it. So when we're talking about organics, I'm, you know, the part that's confusing is we, most of us that have studied some, something about soil, soil science, and the understanding of the chemistry that goes on in soils, we realize that uh, the organic component of that soil is extremely important. So when we're talking about soils themselves, we're looking about a mineral component, and we're also talking about an organic component. And the organic component are dead, dead things that lived in the soil. They could be small animals, they could be animals that have decomposed, they could be plants, plant roots that have decomposed, anything that grows back in. So what we see in desert soils typically is the more rainfall a desert will get, the more organics we'll see in that soil. And how do you do that? There's a couple ways to measure that, those organics. One way is to use a jar test. I talked about that earlier in another podcast, but basically you take a sample of the soil that you're going to use you shake it up into a mason jar, you fill it about two-thirds full, you fill it with uh, water so that it will break apart when you shake it, put a little bit of liquid detergent in it, and you shake it up for a, several minutes until it's thoroughly wetted. And then you put it to the side and let it, and let, let it uh, settle out. And what we'll see in that is we'll see the sand settling out, the heaviest component which and the mineral components, are the sand that, that will settle out first within just 10-15 seconds and then we'll see the next size component of that soil, the silt layer, start to settle, settle out next 
and then finally the clay soil and in some soils that clay part of that soil that mineral part of the soil can take a couple of days to settle out just depends on what's there and oftentimes too any organic component in that soil those are those things that have broken down the dead decaying dead material that's in the soil that used to be living not the mineral but the non-living part of that soil and also the living part of it as well but <clears throat> we don't see that part of it I'll talk about that a little bit later but we'll see that um, we'll see a color change in that soil perhaps if the organic component is there so what we'll see at the very end is that organic component of that soil when we've taken that mason jar and jar and we've we've shook it up violently for a couple of minutes and we put it to the side that that organic component the parts that, that are in that soil that are organic will float to the surface of that soil and we can look at that and judge how much organics was in it that's one method another simpler method <clears throat> is to look at the color of the soil in the Mojave soils those that don't have much organic in it and they can be much less than one percent it can be a tenth of one percent the organic component of that soil the stuff the residue there'll be a very light tan color the color almost of the rock uh, that was broken down that was decomposed and made that mineral component because that mineral component was it was just a bunch of rocks that were in the soil that have decomposed over the time they've weathered they've broken apart into smaller pieces larger pieces in it and to build that soil and so we'll see that soil in the upper layer in our desert soils and desert soils most most of our desert soils don't have much of an upper layer they don't have a layer of organics that are in it to be spoken of so we see a, a very small component of a very small part of that soil is the organic component of it now i also have a farm in the philippines and what uh, we'll see in some soils in the tropics, we'll see uh, almost a black soil, and it can be, and there can be nothing in it. There can be very little organics in it, and those are typically things like what are called latisols, and those latisols um, um, may be very, very dark in color, black, and have nothing in it at all. But generally speaking, our soils in the United States and most of the temperate regions of the world. Uh, non-tropical non areas of the world will see color changes when organics are added to that soil. That organic pan component of it will colorize that soil, will cause it to be a little bit different color. So when talking about the United States now, when we're looking at soils from the Midwest, uh, the prairie soils, they're going to be a, a brown color, a chestnut color. And then maybe up if you're up in the Dakotas and the Eastern Dakotas, you're going to see very rich soils that are almost black in color, very, very full of organic organics in that soil. And you'll see a lot of things in it going on, like earthworms and whatnot in it, because of the rainfall and because of, uh, of the organics that are breaking down and, 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 uh, and colorizing that soil for us. When we're dealing with desert soils, um, and you don't, what we're, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be adding to most of our desert soils, they're not high enough. They don't have 2 or 3% organic content that you really need in order for it to be 
are relatively decent soil. When we're talking about vegetables, it could be higher than that, 6-8% organic content in the soil. But when we start adding too much organics, then it, it can work against us. It can work against vegetables, it can work against landscape soils, and when you start to add too much organic com component to that soil, that soil, when it's added to a desert, when a hole is dug in a desert, uh, desert soil, and then that soil is, is amended with a compost or whatever it might be, and we put too much of it in, then we can get a real problem going on between those soils that we've amended with organics and the soils that are surrounding it. We end up with a bowl that's like got a sponge in it. Because the organic component of a soil is extremely important. It's important for uh, giving us um, or life in the soil, for giving us uh, earthworms, for giving us a lot of bacteria and fungi that are important for plants, plant health, the general health of that soil. These are, these are microorganisms that are extremely important in soils for helping for nutrient uptake, for helping fertilizer to pass from the soil inside the plant. It's important for water retention, it's important for drainage, it's important for so many things. And we're talking about soils, and we're talking about trying to make a good soil, we're looking at really two kind of components. We're looking at a physical component and a chemical component. What we're talking about right now is really that physical component. It's altering that soil so that it can hold water but still drain. And that's what organic content will do to a soil. But not only that, it adds a lot of biological activity to that soil and changes the chemistry of that soil. So if we're looking at a desert soil that may have a higher pH, it may have may not drain very well, <clears throat> it may have problems with its internal internally its chemistry. It may be that the chemistry of that soil doesn't allow the uptake of certain nutrients that are important for plant health. There's a lot of things that can go on with it that we can rectify, that we can cure just by adding a certain amount of of this compost back to the soil again to get that both the physical component of that soil, its drainage, its water holding capacity, and its chemical component. We can see a drop in the alkalinity of that soil without adding other chemicals to it, without adding sulfur, for instance, and dropping the chemistry of that soil. So oftentimes when people have a desert soil, I don't even, and, and they head towards the sulfur, and they think that adding the sulfur is going to be important uh, for the chemistry of that soil, I, I typically will steer them away from that. I'll steer them away and I'll, I'll say focus instead on the, on the organic component of that soil because if the organic component is right, the alkalinity will drop, the pH of that soil will drop, and it will become better suited to, to allow plants to grow more efficiently, more efficient in their uptake of nutrients the fertilizers that we apply, everything else. So the organic component is extremely important in desert soils, color. So as we add more organics to that soil in the form of compost, or usually it's, it's going to be compost or humus of some sort, when we're adding that to a soil, we'll see that soil begin to shift in its color. 
its color will become, if it's a, it has a very low organic content, the color might be a, a, a light tan uh, soil. And as we add organics to it in the form of compost, we'll see a color shift occur because that organic compound will cause that will cause that color change to occur. It'll become more like the organic component that we see in the prairie soils of the of the United States. Those soils that are in the Nebraska, eastern Nebraska, uh, eastern Iowa, the Dakotas, all of those soils are going to have a different color because of that organic content. So one of the first things I do when I see a soil is look at its color. I do some consulting for Viragrow in North Las Vegas and when we manufacture soils because the desert it's very difficult to find a topsoil uh, so with anything organics in it up in the Mojave Desert. So we'll manufacture a lot of that soil starting with a sand base and then adding compost to it. That compost, that compost depending upon which compost not really, but compost is good compost is good compost regardless of its source. Well, that's not really true either because I'll talk a little bit more about garbage in, garbage out. And the same kind of stuff they talk about in computers also applies to to uh, compost as well. When you when you start with a, when you're making compost with a bunch of junk, it's going to be junky compost. You can't get away from it. But when you start with good quality materials and you're putting it into that compost, then that compost becomes a higher quality compost. It doesn't, you can't take junk and compost junk and end up with a high quality compost. It's not possible. Garbage in, garbage out. Kind of a, of a thing uh, uh, with that. But anyway, color is, very, is a very good way of looking at it. Another way, besides the color itself, is the texture of that soil. So when I have that organic content of that soil is starting to build up, it's starting to increase. And in desert soils, this organic component, uh, if it's never been under irrigation or never had any agriculture in it, and it's the Mojave Desert, it can be, like I said, less than a much, much less than 1% organic material. And there are very few plants that will thrive under those conditions. Even desert plants like it with a little bit more little bit more higher organic content in that soil. They, they grow more effectively, they grow more efficiently, they're healthier to look at, they're prettier to look at in a landscape situation. But we do have to be careful about not adding too much of it. So what I typically tell people is I, I'll tell people to look at the volume of that soil. If they're having, if they're using a, rather than the, the weight, <laughs> if we're adding organics to the soil, such as a compost, uh, what I'll tell people is I'll say add it by volume instead of weight because uh, compost is, has so much more volume. It's a lighter material than our desert soils. So what I'll start out with for planting landscape trees and shrubs, for instance, we'll start with the soil and we'll add an equal volume of compost to the soil that's already there. Now that sounds like you'd end up with a 50-50 mix, and that's much too high in organic content, much, much too high. We'd never want to go up to that kind of a content, organic content of a soil. We want to end up, depending upon what we're planting, anywhere from 
2% up to 8 or maybe at the maximum 10% organics in that soil. But by using a compost that's fluffy and uh, the volume, it's, it's a lighter amount of material for the same volume, and mixing it together in a ratio of not more than 50%, and a better ratio might even be 30%, one-third of that volume. By mixing those volumes together, we'll end up with a pretty good soil. Now that soil, when we take a raw soil and we add compost to it, the chemistry is just going to go nuts. It's not going to be stable. And you add water to it as well. It's going to fly. It's going to be unstable for a period of time, and then it'll slowly settle down. The chemistry of that soil will settle down. And as it settles down, we'll see gradual shifts. And most of our soils, when we're dealing with a Mojave Desert soil, and we add compost to it, it can take it can take one or it can take about two growing seasons before we start to see that soil begin to settle down. But what we're doing is we're looking at that soil by its color, and I'll tell a little bit by its by its uh, structure, uh, <clears throat> whether what the organic compo uh, component of that soil is. So, for instance, how do you know what the organic component is? And I, I've asked myself that question before because people will say, "Well, how do you know what it is unless you do a jar test, like I explained earlier?" And the jar test, I mean, it works, but it takes you a while to do that. And a simpler way is just to take a shovel or a trowel, a garden trowel, and dig in it. Because as we add more compost to that soil, more organics to that soil, it becomes easier and easier to dig. And if we can't take a desert soil that's dry, and we can't take a shovel and stick that shovel in the soil, then that organic component, and that color of that soil is a very light color. The organic component of that soil is very, very low, and we need to add something to it in order for the plants to begin to, to, to flourish, be, to be healthy. And the component is, like I said, it's a volume component, about one-third to one-half volume-wise that we're going to add to it. And so we'll take that compost, we'll add it to that soil, mix it thoroughly, and add it back into the planting hole of that plant. And that's where those roots will begin to explore. That's where, and depending upon the compost, some composts are, are fairly rich in chemistry. They have a lot of chemistry involved and some aren't. Uh, the composts that come from municipal solid waste uh, that have biosolids, a portion of that compost is, is from human manure or any kind of am animal manure is going to be typically much richer in its components, in its chemistry, than soils that are made from, from all plant life, for instance. And I don't really want to get into how to make compost, but and when you're dealing with a, a plant-based compost that's only coming from plants and there's no animal manures, whether it's human or cow or sheep or rabbit or whatever it might be, those are always going to be much richer uh, and much easier to make in a compost than all plant-based. Without getting into it in detail, we have to be careful about 
the size of the of the of, of the the wood products that are going into it. We have to look at the balance between the green components, the leafy components, grassy components that are going into it versus the woody components that are in it. We have to look at what's the carbon nitrogen ratio of that and there's a whole host of things that are very specific to 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 developing compost and developing properly. But anyway, that's getting back to amending the soil. If we're going to get a fertilizer to work and if our compost is not doing its job. If we either purchase a compost that's not too good, there are poor quality composts out there, or if we purchase a, and we don't use enough of it, if the soil amendment has got only 10 or 15, 20% compost in it, it probably won't perform as well as composts, as soil mixes that have a higher percentage of compost in it like I said, about 30% by volume to 50% by volume. And so it's really important for that soil to have that organic component. The ideal organic percentage we want in a soil is usually, for everything, is usually about 5%. That's considered to be an ideal organic component in a soil, 5% by volume. And if we have 2%, it's okay for some things. Some plants uh, will perform just fine at 2%. Lawn grasses, for instance, palm trees, perform in soils with a low organic content. But when we start to deal with vegetables, tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, they're going to require a higher percentage of organic content. We can't use a soil that's good. We won't get good vegetable performance by using soils that are developed for planting lawns and trees and shrubs. Now we can get a lawn that's in really good condition by using a higher percentage of organics in that soil, but it won't work in reverse. You can't take plants that really perform best with a higher percentage of organics and use a low percentage of organics and expect them to perform. Likewise with that, when we start to add fertilizer to a soil, and we add fertilizer and we expect a response, at some point, if those plants are in a soil, are growing in a soil with a low, a, a, an organic component that is much lower than they perform best at, when we add fertilizers, they won't, we won't get the, a good reaction. We'll, we may get a, re, we'll see some reaction, but it's not going to be optimum. We have to work with a soil that has the right amount of organic content if we're going to expect a fertilizer to perform well for us in it. So look at that uh, color of that soil. Look at how you dig it. If, if I can take a garden trowel, and if I have a garden soil, and I can slip that garden trowel into that soil and turn it over, that means I'm probably going to be around 8% organic in that soil. It's going to be ideal for vegetables. But that organic component starts to disappear over time. It starts to break down and it starts to be lost. The color may be retained but for a while, but after two or three years, that organic content of that soil is going to go down, down, down. And at some point we have to add organics back to that soil
in order for it to perform well like it, it first did. I like to see uh, in a soil a, a, a certain amount of compost added back to that soil every time, every growing season, so that we we end up with a soil that has the same organic content in it time after time after time. What I like to tell people, when you take, you also have to give. If you're taking things from a garden, if you're appreciating trees and shrubs as they're growing larger, it's important to rebuild that soil again periodically. If you have a soil that's in a container, and that organic component is going to run out in a few years, it's important to add either that organic content back to that soil or repot it. We've got to build those organics back again. You know, and that's part of the problem that we have when we start depleting soils of part of the problem that we got into in agriculture, and it's gone a little bit overboard in my opinion, but when we have a soil and we fail to return things back to that soil of an organic nature, then that soil will slowly start to get worse and worse and worse. And as that soil begins to get depleted of organics in it, it gets worse and worse and worse. As we apply fertilizer, we might say, oh, we need to apply more fertilizer. So we'll apply more fertilizer. And we get a response from it because there's, but oftentimes that's just way too much fertilizer. The optimum amount of fertilizer that we're going to be is going to be reliant on the organic content of that soil. So what I'm telling you is when you have a vegetable garden, whatever it is, always add something back in again of that organic component so that it has a chance to uh, build that soil back up, its physical and its chemical components again. And then when we add fertilizers, and those fertilizers oftentimes only have three components in it, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, and it may have some other things in it, but it's not going to be, unless we're using plant-based fertilizers, uh, unless we're using organics back in that soil as fertilizers, the guanos, the manures, and whatever, it's, we're, we're not going to end up with that rich, that rich soil that we started with when we added compost to it at the very beginning. We're going to see our crops starting to diminish. We're going to see our trees and shrubs starting to fail, not perform as well. We're going to see when we add fertilizer, we're not going to see the response that we did earlier. We may start to see some yellowing going on in some of the plants because the soil, soil is starting to collapse. That, that soil is starting to run out of organics and as it's running out of organics, this, these organics are starting to decompose and after two, three years, the organic content is very, very low in desert soils because we're not putting anything back into it. So we'll go ahead and put uh, something like compost back into that soil to rebuild it again. And then we can get into um, that whole discussion about, um, about minimum tillage and the whole idea of uh, cutting off plants and letting the roots decompose in that soil. And that rebuilds that organic content. Why? Because under moist soil, moist, moisture, moist conditions, those roots, as we cut the tops off of those plants, begin to decompose in that soil, and they add organics back to that soil. It's just like adding a compost, except it's going to take a little bit lo longer. And 
I would have the argument in desert soils. I don't know if we really want to afford to do that. Uh, I, I, and I can see the argument against uh, cover crops, for instance, in desert soils, because those cover crops will require water. It's different if you're in an environment where you have rainfall and you can rely on cover crops to, to go ahead and, and rebuild that soil. In the tropics on our farm, we use cover crops, especially during the rainy season prior to planting again, or just before the rainy season. Or what I'll do is I will add, with some sprinklers or some drip tubing, I'll add moisture to that soil to help that organic component start to build in that soil again, because I know that those fertilizers will be much more effective when they're applied to a soil that has a living component, that has a lot of activity going on, a lot of breakdown. So the argument becomes, in desert soils, do we add things to that soil that require water and require time in order to break down, or do we go ahead and start a compost pile and add those components that need to be broken down first, get them to break down first in a in a in some sort of a composting situation in the in the in the Philippines our farm I'll leave leaf litter on the surface because you know during the rainy season when that rain comes down all of that all of that the small twigs and whatnot from our prunings will decompose they'll rot just like in in the forest just like in the jungle they'll decompose back into that soil and add nutrients back to that to that I'll throw a little bit of fertilizer in it just to speed things up a little bit and that gets into an, another discussion as well and that is the making of compost and whether to use fertilizer or not you know and we're talking about making that compost and I promise this was not going to be about making compost but we're making compost when we have some 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 form of fertilizer applied to it whether it's chemical fertilizers or whether it's manures they're added to it. It speeds that process. Uh, it speeds that process up of decomposition. It adds organic activity to that, biological activity to that soil. So one of the questions I'll have thrown at me sometimes is, you know, I have, I have coffee grounds. Would it help if I threw coffee grounds? Well, yeah, to some extent, but <clears throat> is that really where you want to put the coffee grounds? Are you sure you don't want to take it a one step further and put those coffee grounds and break them down for a little while at least before you apply them directly to your fruit trees or to your vegetable garden where they can decompose if the water is present and the soil is warm on it. They can decompose, but is that really what you want to do? Isn't it better to take those components, put a little bit of effort into it, mash them up into really small particles and put them into a compost pile, break them down, and then when they're starting to lose their identity and you can no longer make them and they're starting to have a consistent color, then go ahead and add it back to your soil again so that at least the rotting process has begun. It's the same thing too when we're, when we're talking about minimum tillage or zero tillage and we're going ahead and cutting off tomatoes and leaving the tomato roots in the ground. Well, in a home vegetable situation, that may or may not be a good choice, a good alternative. It might be okay for a year or two, but at some point, we got to start thinking about crop rotation, about rotating. If we start to take those things 
those and just cut the tops off of the plant and leave the roots in the ground and we start growing those crops year after year in the same location, we're, we can end up in problems. We'll end up with uh, some disease problems that will start to haunt you in that vegetable garden. So take that into consideration as well. We don't want to continue to crop the same crop every single time, year after year in the same place. So by cutting off the tops of those plants, it's better if you take those roots out, compost them, and then reapply it to where you want to grow. And also, the greater the mixture of the plants that you're composting, the better off you're going to be. So for instance, the tomato roots aren't just left in one place where they can rot, but they're taken to a compost pile and mixed with other vegetables as well. Melon roots and leaves and vines that are chopped up. And they're also, because what we're looking at in these microorganisms, the microorganism component of that soil, we're looking at microorganisms that are going to be antagonistic to pathogenic bacteria or fungi that might be present in that soil. So to have a good diversity of microorganisms, different kinds of microorganisms in a composting pile or a situation is much better than leaving these plant roots to sit there and rot in the soil. So when we're talking about uh, trying to get fertilizers that are effective for our soils, take into consideration the fact that we also need that organic component as well. And that organic component can be in the form of compost. It can be in the form of cover crops if you can afford to wait that long and you can afford the water in growing it up. But the more diversity that's involved in the things that are rotting into that soil, the better off you're going to be. And remember that it's a percentage of organic material. So if you're looking at a raised vegetable bed, for instance, you don't want to add a bunch of, let's say, coconut coir to it and have a real high percentage of coconut coir because coconut coir doesn't break down very quickly. It's like shredded palm. It doesn't break down as easily. We want it to break down quickly. We want it to break down consistently. We want it to be diverse. Some core <clears throat> is fine, but if we start adding a lot of core to a soil, then it doesn't break down quickly. It will open up that soil, but we could be void of nutrients. So we have to look. <laughs> so when do you know when to apply fertilizers? Well, once you've amended that soil and you've got that organic component working for you, it's adding microorganism to that soil, it's breaking down in that soil, then fertilizers are going, are going to be very, very effective for you. And typically, if you've got a lot of organics that are breaking down, the one nitrogen, the one component, fertilizer component, that's going to be missing in most of that is going to be nitrogen. <clears throat> nitrogen fertilizer, and that can be in the form of blood meal, it can be in the form of guanos, fish emulsion, whatever it might be, or straight chemical fertilizers, such as ammonium sulfate uh, applied to it. But that nitrogen component is typically the one that's going to be limiting the most. But the one fertilizer component that's typically in short supply at planting time is phosphorus, that middle number on that fertilizer bag. And in animal manures, that the phosphorus can be relatively high, but it, it's variable too. We'll talk about compost another time. So when you're using mineral fertilizers, 
and you're using it in the soils, don't forget to look at the uh, organic component of that soil too. And remember, the organic component should be somewhere between, uh, ideally between 5 and 10%. 5% in the landscape situation, could be higher th than that in the vegetables, 8, 10% on it. But in most landscape situations, 5%, you'll see it uh, performing very well. Remember, I told mentioned 2% earlier, and that's fine. That's probably the minimum amount of organic content that you want in a soil, is 2%. And by adding organics, you'll see very little difference from many of the landscape plants, trees and shrubs, for instance you'll see a big difference in vegetable production. If you have a 2% organic content of that soil and you try to grow vegetables in it, it won't be all that, all that good in its production. It's got to be much higher than that. So I think at this point for you, keep in mind, don't forget to add that organic component to that soil at some point, you, whether you're growing in containers, whether you're growing in raised beds, whether you're doing it in, in I'm talking about desert soils here, uh, don't forget that organic component. And remember, the color of that soil is a really good indicator to tell you what the organic content of that soil is. In desert regions where there's higher rainfall, or whether it's, if it's been under irrigated agriculture, the organic content is going to be much higher than it will be in soils that are native, desert natives under real low rainfall conditions. They're going to be very low in organic content. So if you want to, if you, what you should be doing is adding that organic component. And that will enhance the fertilizer activity that you're applying to that soil. Both are necessary, the organic component as well as the fertilizer component. A good source of that is compost. And the reason I say that is because Compost takes a lot of effort, and there's effort put into it to get it to break down, and that added to the soil is much, is much faster in its results than putting coffee grounds or some other plant leaves or something else that ha takes time to rot in order to get it to be effective. So anyway, that's what I have to add on that. I hope I've been thoroughly confusing to you. <laughs> I hope not. But if you have any questions, contact me, and I'll try to explain them the best I can. But I hear that music in the background. It's starting to catch up to me, so I'll say goodbye and have a great day. Bye-bye. Learn more about desert horticulture by signing up for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's all one word, Extreme Horticulture, and starting with an X. Take some of my classes on Eventbrite if you're in the Las Vegas area. That's Bob Morris on Eventbrite.